Wandering Journo at Stories That Matter Studios. I'm Nance Haxton, and this is The Streets of Your Town. The podcast that takes you on an audio journey through theatre of the mind, highlighting a different slice of Australian life each episode. On a tiny stretch of sand, near the southernmost tip of the largest living thing on Earth, the Great Barrier Reef, is Monrepo. Less than two kilometres long, this beach is a critical landing point for endangered loggerhead turtles from throughout the Pacific. And Cathy Gatley is the ranger in charge ensuring that this patch of turtle paradise remains their haven. In this episode of Streets of Your Town, Cathy tells us how she balances the needs of the endangered loggerhead turtles and the lucky few people who get to the beach to see this wild event. In the early days, the beach was not as well managed as it is now, so everything's been put in place to look after the conservation for the endangered loggerhead turtle in particular, but all the turtles that come here, but while still allowing public to come down and have a great experience on the beach. So for those who haven't heard of Monrepo, which is just outside of Bundaberg. What, what is so special about this little spot on the Queensland coast? Yeah, well, we're a little conservation park and our Monrepo Beach is only 1.6 kilometres long, but it's the main concentration nesting point for the endangered loggerhead turtles. So it takes about 50% of nesting for the loggerhead turtles in the whole southwest Pacific. So it's a really important place for that. And it's just that small, that little part of the beach is looking after almost that whole worldwide population, basically. Yeah, yeah, well definitely for our Pacific Ocean loggerheads, um, it's certainly an important place for them. Mm. We get around about uh, anywhere up to about 400 or so individuals during the last couple of seasons. Um, So yeah, what we do here is we aim to get people learning about turtles, about conservation. Uh, They also get some hands-on conservation during the nesting season if we're relocating nests to uh, safer sites. Um, and yeah, hopefully people take those, uh, that knowledge away and do something in their everyday life to help turtles and other marine animals. So it's become, I mean, I, I was lucky enough to come last night and there were, it seemed like hundreds of people there. Now how many people come through at the moment? Uh, So each night our limit for people is 300 people and then we break them down into smaller groups to go down and see a turtle event on the beach. Uh, So usually each season we might get around about or a bit over 30,000 people. Um, So yeah, it sounds very busy but it works well on the group. We actually use our visitor groups down on the beach as a light block as well for staff lights. Um, So uh, people are here looking at turtles but also being used for a good purpose for conservation. The little torches that some people had actually guided the little hatchlings to the water. Yeah, so when we've got a visitor group down viewing hatchlings, we watch them come out of the nest and then we do a pathway to keep them in our pathway. We use little handheld torches. If we weren't here, the turtles would use the natural lowest light horizon, but just by using the torches, it keeps the turtles in a way from visitor feet. So it's the safest way to do it and it doesn't interfere with the turtles at all. So yes, some lucky people get the chance to do that. So depending on the time of year too, you can also see a turtle actually laying their eggs. Yes, so we usually start off our turtle tour season in early November um, and we get turtles coming in ashore at night to lay eggs. It's a fabulous part to come and see, watching them dig the nest and lay their eggs and then cover in. And we really are extremely lucky that turtles um, are very tolerant of us um, or what the activities that we undertake, it doesn't disturb them. As long as we wait until the right cues at the right times of the process, then we're able to closely view the turtles without having any negative impacts. 
That's right, because it is a completely wild event. This isn't uh, like you've got the turtles on cue. <laughs> how do you organise? How, how do you get? How do you organise that? You have spotters around, or uh, so we have people patrolling the beach, looking mm. for nesting and hatching turtles throughout the season. Um, but yeah, it's a very good point. Turtles can come at any time. They like the darkness, so it's after dark. Um, nesting turtles can sometimes come ashore at. 7 p.m. Sometimes they'll come ashore at 1 a.m. Um, so we can never tell what time it's going to happen. And hatchlings usually start around 8 p.m. and go throughout the night. But yeah, every night's different. So some nights we can have no waiting time for visitors. Other times we can have longer times. So if you come out, you've just got to be willing to wait for that amazing to be part of a truly wild event, really. Yeah, that's right. Mm. And you know, we get a lot of great feedback back that it's certainly worth the wait and it's something that people, it stays with them for the rest of their, their time. It's not something that you really people can see in many places, is it? No, that's the beauty of Monrepo, I mm. think. It's on the mainland. It's easy to access. Um, you can drive here to go on the tours. So, yeah, it's something that um, is very easy for people to come and hopefully enjoy. So we're getting a new turtle interpretive centre, which will have great new displays um, for people to come and see. So, yeah, we're pretty excited about that and um, should be in place ready for next season. We go through to the 24th of March. Um, that's our last night for the season. So we will have hatchlings after that date as well. Uh, it's the same at the start of the season, but we always run the turtle tour seasons when we know that we're going to have something for people to be able to see. It must be amazing to be part of it. It's um, This is really a busy time for you. Do you get tired of seeing these events? You must have seen quite a few of them now. Yeah, no, there's always something new to learn or some new challenge to try to help um, conserve our species here. So so, yeah, no, it's a, it's a good place to work and it's always a joy to see turtles on the beach. Is it just the loggerheads that come here, loggerhead turtles? Uh, no, 95% of our turtles are loggerhead turtles. Then we get 4% uh, flatback turtles and the last 1% green turtles. So for those other species, um, we're the southernmost nesting limit for the flatbacks and then the greens nest and the flatbacks nest in larger numbers further north and uh, offshore as well. So what do we know about how they know to come back to this little patch of beach. Uh, so we know that uh, when the hatchlings are in the nest, um, they're getting oriented to the area. So the dip in the strength of the Earth's magnetic field, also while they're crossing the beach, um, there's some studies done suggesting also that the smell of the first water that they enter. So they're getting all of these uh, cues as to where they are. And then if they're one of the lucky ones to survive to adulthood, which is around about 30 years of age for our loggerheads, then they use those cues that they gained as hatchlings to find their way back to the area that they were born um, to undertake their nesting. How far can they travel? Uh, the longest migration that's been recorded uh, was about, I think it was 2,600 kilometres. So that's probably a turtle that's coming from up in the Gulf. That's incredible. Yeah, mm. but a lot of our turtles um, do much shorter distances. There's quite a lot of our nesting females live in places like Moreton Bay. Um, so a lot of people that come here from that area that live in Brisbane come up here to see the nesting They're often surprised to learn that these turtles might actually spend a lot of their lifetime in their backyard down there <laughs> And are the loggerheads uh, rare or, or endangered? Uh, so the loggerheads are endangered mm. and the flatbacks and greens are vulnerable. Yeah, so uh, it must be um I suppose you'd never really tire of that responsibility that you have here and trying to balance that with people coming to see that and to learn about the turtles as well. Yeah, that's right. I mean, people coming to see and learn about the turtles is 
really high importance um, because it's those connections that are made while they're here that um, you know it gets that respect for the animals happening and also a bit of a feeling of uh, sense of responsibility um, and so I think a lot of our folks go away with that um, and that certainly it only helps a, an endangered species and then when people are here you know we do undertake the nest relocations that I was talking about earlier so that's moving eggs up to high ground and that's a management technique that we've been doing for a long time now to give or to get as many hatchlings out there as possible so if you're here with a group with a nesting turtle that decides to lay down too low where the nest can get flooded with the tide then um, we get even the smallest kids helping to carry eggs up to the new nest and we've got a window where we can handle the eggs without hurting them at all. So last night we had about I think about maybe 30 little hatchlings got down to the the, to the shore and into the into the ocean. Um, what are the chances? You, you mentioned so few survive. Do you, what are their numbers on how many will actually make it to adulthood? Uh, well, we usually get pretty good survivorship from our nest here, but it's getting to that adult age. So it's thought that one out of a thousand hatchlings survives to maturity. So it's not great odds. So that's why we work and we relocate nests to try to get as many hatchlings out there as possible. What the loggerheads do is they basically do a big circuit of the South Pacific. They end up over off the South American coastline. Um, once they're out of Australian waters, you know, there's obviously other um, things to do with commercial fishing, line line fishing. Uh, that we know some of our turtles are getting caught up on um, and there is work being done to try to address these things as well but yeah there's definitely enough work to keep us going. Well, what an incredible creature to be able to to travel like that and for us to be part of hopefully keeping them the few numbers that are there keeping them keeping them going. Yeah definitely it'd be great to see Monropo and other nesting locations still around for next generations. Did we know about it for a long time like how long has Monropo been known as this special spot? Uh, well, I grew up in Bundaberg and it was always known as, you know, there were turtles nesting here. So, yeah, it's certainly there's accounts back well into the 50s and probably earlier than that um, where it's noted about the turtles coming here. So, yeah, I think it's been a special place for a long time. Uh, Monropo, we get nesting all along our Woongara coastline, but Monropo has the main concentration. We have a, a southern head headland that protects us from the southeasterly so we get less erosion and traditionally it's always been a dark beach but that's been slowly changing as areas develop so maybe these are some of the reasons why the turtles come here. So uh, is there anything that we can do with the light they mentioned that last night too and of course there were no flash photography it was very controlled as to when you could take photos which was great and everyone really respected that. Um, what about for lights uh, nearby I mean is there need for more regulations maybe or what, what can be done? Uh, well we're definitely we've been running a Cut the Glow to Help Turtles Go program since about 2009 where we had turtles disoriented from the artificial accumulated light glow in the night sky mm -hmm. um, so yes we've been working with council and business but yeah everybody can help in those um, coastal areas by turning off lights that they don't need um, businesses can turn off advertising lights um, if everybody turns off some lights then it all makes that bigger effect yeah, at night time particularly but yeah and, and particularly during that that nesting hatching time of year I suppose. yeah yeah so basically it's from mid-october through to the end of april oh well, hopefully more people can get on board with that but thank you so much for telling us about this really special place i mean it's sort of i think there's part of it that's great too that bundaberg is now embracing it natural assets like this it must be a great uh, tourism input for the economy as well people coming from all over 
Yeah, definitely. We get a lot of international visitors as well as people um, from Australia, all around Australia as well. So, and a lot of people come here just to, you know, their main attraction has been come to see the turtles, and obviously that has a great flow-on effect for the community. So, yeah, it's a very important part of um, for Bundaberg. So, a little hidden secret, but hopefully the word's getting out beyond the international tourists, and we'll get some more of the local Australians to come over as well. Yeah, definitely. We've been had lots of Aussies here over the school holidays which has been great to see. That was Cathy Gadley telling us her story of dedication to saving loggerhead turtles from extinction at Monrepo, the beach just outside the central Queensland town of Bundaberg in Australia. Streets of Your Town is produced by Nance Haxton, aka The Wandering Journo, with production assistance from Michael Adams. That's it for this episode. I'm Nance Haxton. Stay up to date with the latest episode of Streets of Your Town by subscribing on your podcast app on iTunes or SoundCloud. See you next time.